Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. The last three weeks, we have spent time talking about the holidays and getting through them and those kinds of things. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to totally change the subject here. I have decided to spend some time to talk about what can be a very controversial topic in the body of Christ, but I think it is an extremely important one to tackle, which is discussing whether our children can give us signs that they are around us at times, or are they able to communicate with us in some way after they die. Let me first say that no one, nobody, has a perfect revelation of all truth. That's Jesus. It's not us. We each have to pray through the questions we have for God, trusting that if we are seeking truth, that is what we're going to find. We know Jesus himself is truth. So let me clarify, if we're seeking truth, that is who we are going to find. The greatest power in deception is that we don't know we are being deceived. I don't know about you, but I believe God's power is so much greater than the enemy's. That means God's power to draw us to himself when we are seeking him, seeking his kingdom, seeking truth, is greater than the enemy's power to deceive us when we're seeking truth through the indwelling wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have prayed through this. I have asked the Holy Spirit to give me his words that I am not deceiving anybody. I am doing my best to let the spirit of truth speak through me. Am I perfect? No. Do I know everything? No. But I will tell you, I am an ordained minister. I have been since 2009, if that makes any difference to anyone. And I have studied the scriptures on this, and I'm just going to share what I have personally seen and what I believe is based in scripture. Before we really dig into this, let me say that God makes it very clear we are not to go to mediums or psychics to try to call up the dead. We can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 11. Doing that is dangerous, and it opens the door for the demonic realm to approach and deceive us, letting darkness have an influence in our lives disguised as light and hope. But that's not what we're going to talk about here for the most part. I'll get into that a little bit more in a few minutes. I know strong Christians who are positive they occasionally feel the presence of the spirit of their loved one, their child who died and no longer has a bodily form. These Christians have not sought after them as a spiritual being. They're not going to psychics to try and hear from their child or their loved ones. But at some point, usually quite unexpectedly, they suddenly just know that their child or their loved one is in the room with them, usually very close by. I get emails about this and perivers sharing stories with me. 
A few years ago, Dave and I went out with a couple whose son had recently died. And one of the questions she asked was, do you think our kids' spirits can come back and visit us? She shared a specific situation where her and her mom had an impression in their spirits that this woman's son, the grandson, was at a profound event at a very specific place in that building. They both felt it and sensed it for a few seconds. And that they sensed that he was very happy with what was happening. Now they discussed this afterwards and, and discovered they both had this feeling of this child being in the exact same place at the exact same moment. Plus, there was another time that this mom sensed her son's presence in a very real and tangible way. And these are not flaky people. They're very rooted and grounded in their relationship with the Lord. They're spiritual pillars and leaders in the body of Christ, and they're sensitive to the voice and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know of one mom who actually had an indentation in the bed when she sensed that her child was in the room with her. When I hear stories like this, I don't believe it's my job to judge. Now, I realize that we don't want people going into deception, right? But I'm not judging that. I prefer to be like Mary and to quietly ponder these things in my heart and take them to God. I used to not even remotely let myself consider anything like this because of being afraid of being led astray and, you know, all of this being part of the New Age stuff and, you know, being accused of seeing something because I want to see it, which would allow me to be deceived. But when I take anything that I'm questioning to God, I always ask him to show me the truth and to not allow me to be deceived. So when I do that with a sincere heart, because I, I don't want to be deceived by the enemy. I don't want to be off track in some way that the enemy is leading me down a road instead of the Holy Spirit. So when I go to God with these things with a sincere heart, I have to believe that he will honor that. And the Holy Spirit will help me sort these things out without going down the wrong path on the questions I put before him, including this one. When this topic came up with my own mom one day, she reminded me that my own great-grandparents, her grandparents, seemed to hang around once in a while after they passed. For instance, for quite a while, they lived in a trailer, and my grandma lived next door, and for quite a while, her rocking chair would rock. My aunt has seen it, my grandma has seen it, no explanation, her rocking chair would just start rocking. Another thing that would happen for quite a long time is my great-grandpa had a work shed, and he loved to eat raw, fresh garlic. And sometimes when someone would go around that shed, there's no garlic there, but you could smell that really strong garlic smell, like on somebody's breath. So, you know, I have these own stories from my own history, my own past to people that I know and love and trust. I do believe it is possible that our children's spirits have opportunities to visit us for the specific purpose of bringing comfort or peace or whatever our need is for that moment. And there are places in the Bible that support this. So let's take a look at some of these things. First of all, we know there are spiritual beings. There are angels and demons all around us. We're surrounded by a spiritual realm that is even more real 
It is more real than the earthly realm we live in. It was there before this world was created. There was a spirit realm. It is very, very real. And just because we can't see it or, you know, touch it in, in a physical, tangible sense does not mean it doesn't exist. It was there first. Remember when God opened Jacob's eyes to see a ladder to heaven with angels ascending and descending in Genesis chapter 28? So if our children are no longer contained by their bodies, isn't it possible that God occasionally allows them to ascend and descend as spiritual beings also, if there's a purpose for it? Then there's the time when Moses and Elijah came to earth to speak with Jesus before his death in Matthew chapter 17. How about the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews chapter 12 talks about, referring to the entire previous chapter of those who had died? Is it just those in Hebrews 11 who are in that group as a great cloud of witnesses? Or is it everyone who's died and now has full access to the Father as a spiritual being without bodily limitations? I think we all are aware that we are three-part beings. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. We live in a body, but we are a spirit being. Jesus was very clear that he was leaving this earth so that the Holy Spirit could come. We read that in John 16, 7. He lives inside us. The Holy Spirit lives in us when we believe and receive by faith that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a dwelling place. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 6.19. That means that our spirit is fully connected with the spirit realm, whether we are aware of it or not. We are a spirit being, and we also house God's spirit. In John chapter 10, Jesus says his sheep hear and know his voice and follow him. As Christians, we're supposed to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, growing in knowing his voice so we can grow in our direct communion and fellowship with him, not through another person, what they tell us, like I'm talking to you here, but directly spirit to spirit. It is a God spirit to our spirit connection. So if we are aware of God's presence, who is spirit, and we are spirit, is it that far off base to occasionally be aware of the presence of our child spirit, who is also connected to him, spirit to spirit as well? Like a, I don't know, almost like a, a pipeline. I mean, if we're spirit, but our, our spirit it has limitations on it because of our body, God is spirit who is in us. Our child is spirit who is no longer limited by a body. They've shed that body. There's like an interconnection from everything I can tell here. Let me also say that I believe there are many times when God knows we need encouragement. So God himself will send us a sign that relates to our child, but it's not the presence of our child. For example, let's say a grieving parent is floundering hopelessly in the suffocating darkness of their grief and a, a robin comes and sits within three feet of them. 
cocks their head and looks at them, hops even closer, and then flies away. I mean, who does that ever happen to, right? Birds don't come that close to us. Maybe that parent and that child had a big thing about spotting robins, especially the first one in the spring, even to the point where maybe their child started collecting knickknacks and pictures of robins. Well, some parents will think their child came to visit them as that robin, and there is no scriptural ground that anyone's spirit comes back in the form of an animal. However, I do believe that God, in his deep love and compassion, could have easily sent that robin to give peace and comfort because of the special connection that parent had with their child about robins. And I know I, I said, you know, maybe someone is just so deep in their grief and frustrated and despondent. And I know a lot of you out there say, that's me, that's me. How come I'm not getting these signs? And I can't answer that. We are going to talk about that a little bit next week because I know I hear from some of you too. It's like, how come other people have dreams about my kids and I don't? Those kinds of things. Let me back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about the topic of psychics here. As grieving parents, especially early on, we're looking for comfort anywhere we can find it pretty much. So it can be easy to find hope wherever we can, which is very understandable. We can almost be tormented by the thought that we just want to know that our kids are okay because we don't know, right? We've never gone to the, we've never shed our body. And, you know, this belief and trust in God, sometimes, you know, we question everything that we thought we believed. And so we just want to know that our child is okay. And just to clarify, going to a psychic is going to someone who will seek to bring our child into the room with us to talk to us through that person. They'll start telling you things that only you and your child would know, which convinces us you've got to be talking to my child because you wouldn't know this. Only me and my child would know this. So it's very convincing that they have actually brought our child back from the other side to come and tell us that they're okay. No, we said at the beginning, we know there's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. So this is either coming from one side or the other, from the spirit realm. And God is very clear that we are not to try and connect with the dead through another person. So if it isn't God allowing my child to come to me through this psychic, who is it? How would they possibly know that thing that only me and my child know? Because, like I said, the spirit world is all around us. Not just angels are God's messengers, but demons are working as Satan's messengers. Both angels and demons see and hear things behind closed doors. They hear conversations human ears don't hear, and they see things other people don't see. So they are fully aware of what to tell a psychic to share with someone that is only known by the person who died and the person who is longing to be comforted. Over the years, I have talked to and heard from people who have been psychics. They've been spiritual mediums who called up the dead. And quite often, it eventually leads them into dark places they had no intention of going when they first started out to help people with this. Those who've been able to be released, I'm talking about psychics, through the blood of Jesus, have verified. I've heard some horrific stories that I won't share here of dark things that have happened in their lives. But 
those who have been able to be released through the blood of Jesus have called out to him through the darkness and have have been able to come out of that, have verified that calling up the dead comes from the realm of darkness. Just like angels are everywhere and we don't see them, the demonic realm is out there as well. And they know things about us no one else knows. They will tell us things. These previous psychics and mediums will tell us that these demonic entities know things about our families that no one else knows. They are in the spirit realm and very aware of what's going on in the earthly realm. Remember, Jesus warns us that the enemy is cunning and he's out to destroy us. And so the kingdom of darkness, the demonic entity, can come to a psychic pretending to be your child and feed them information that nobody but you and your family or you and your child would know. That sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? And the Bible tells us that we know the kingdom of darkness comes disguised as light. I know we can be thinking, but I, I hear what you're saying, but maybe you went to a psychic and it comforted me. It made me feel good. And this person isn't like that. The thing is, like I said, the kingdom of darkness comes disguised as light because we wouldn't enter into that. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't go to that psychic. We would not be trying to contact our child if we saw the demonic entity behind it. If we saw what it really was, we would have nothing to do with it. And so they have to disguise themselves as light to be able to deceive us. And yes, that can give us a false comfort. It's a false security. It's a deception. And that's why God commands in the Old Testament not to have anything to do with those who bring up the dead because it's not the dead. It's the kingdom of darkness disguised as light. And so we can get pulled into that. And as it brings that false comfort, it opens the door for more darkness. It opens the door for the enemy to continue. And we don't even realize that that's the door the enemy came in and why we're floundering and still suffocating so much in this darkness and we're fighting it and we're going to continue fighting it. And if we continue going to that psychic for relief to find out our child's okay, not realizing what we've actually done is open the door to our lives for that demonic darkness to keep in and keep sucking us under and holding us under disguised as light. Now, I am going to add here, psychics are not bad people. They are not evil. I'm not saying all this to come against or even judge those who are psychics. They're doing it because they have a good heart. They have great compassion. They want to help people who are hurting. I'm sure they would immediately say, no, 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 they're lying to you. They think I'm tapping into the spirit of darkness, but there's a, a white magic and a, a, and a black magic, right? This is all good. Everything I'm saying is good. Everything I'm doing is good. I am helping people. This is not darkness. But based on scriptures, that is the deception. That is the enemy coming as an angel of light. And that's what makes this so hard because it looks so good and it can be so comforting. And they are tapping into the spirit realm. There's no question about that. But there's a huge difference when someone taps into the spirit realm through a prophetic gift by the power and giftings of the Holy Spirit within the covenant, the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. 
And if you are a believer who has learned how to access the spirit realm through the Holy Spirit under the blood of Jesus, you are not going to be using your prophetic gift to be calling up the dead. I'm also not here to condemn or judge any of you who may have gone to a psychic. I just want to urge you not to go back and to seek your guidance and your comfort from those who are under the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the true comforter. He calls himself the comforter. He's called the comforter throughout the New Testament. And so one of the things that I think is important to understand is that doesn't mean if we decide, okay, I'm not going to any psychic, I'm not going to go there, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to chance that, but I just want to know my child is okay. Will this ever happen? Is this okay? Is it my child if I sense their presence or I see something happening that makes me think it's my child? Is that okay? Well, I think there's a big difference of going to a psychic to try to contact your child than if God takes a moment and pulls back the curtain of heaven, allowing the spirit of your child to come to you in a comforting way. That is totally and completely different. You're not seeking it. God is doing something. He's allowing something. And I believe there are times where that does happen because he is the comforter. Before we wrap this up today, I want to look at one more scripture on this topic of can our children come to us or communicate with us in some way at times. Now, a lot of people will quote 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 as a way of saying that just doesn't happen. This verse says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They are no longer here. They are in heaven with God. Why would they want to be here back with us anyway? Well, because they love us, right? But, you know, this verse to them puts that wall up and makes it a definite no. When they're gone with their body, they're with the Lord. But are you aware of a verse ahead of that? Verse 6 states that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Okay, so if we are going to take that literally, we have to do both of those literally. We can't say, well, this means this, and this, but, but this means that. So we can't say, okay, well, when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. But when it says we're present in the body and we're absent from the Lord, that's not really what that means. So the whole context of that does not mean that once we leave our body, we are in heaven with the Lord and we're limited. You know, God keeps us in heaven. No, you can't go anywhere else. You have to stay here in heaven with me. I believe what that verse is saying is that, yes, when we are absent from the body, we now have the ability to be present with the Lord. When we are in our body, we aren't fully present with the Lord because we are limited by our bodies. I think that's really interesting because obviously to say that when we're in our bodies, we're absent from the Lord doesn't mean we can't connect to his spirit. He's a spirit being. We're all spirit beings. We still have our shell, our body, which houses us and limits our spirits. And once we shed this body, our spirit being is no longer housed or limited to being where our body is. So since our spirit is already connected to his spirit, and we know that being in our body means we're only separated from the Lord in a physical sense, then wouldn't 2 Corinthians 5.8 be referring to that? The shedding of our body 
means we are now free to be with the Lord because we are no longer limited to that shell that keeps us earthbound. And since that is the case, not if, but since that is the case, our spirits are no longer limited to the shell of our body, wouldn't that mean that occasionally the spirit of our children, the spirit realm is all around us, isn't it possible that the spirit of our children, the essence of our child, of their very being, can be around us once in a while since they are no longer limited by their body? Or do you really believe that God has some sort of a spiritual barrier and he has limits and says, no, you must stay up here. Now, I understand they may want to stay up there. Maybe that's one reason why they're not coming to us, <laughs> okay? Because it's like, I know, God, that you're taking care of my mom. You're taking care of my dad. I know they're going to be okay. I'm just going to hang out up here because this is just way too good. So, you know, who knows? We don't know, right? We don't know. We don't know all truth. And so I'm just going to ask you, especially if this is something that makes you very uncomfortable, take it to God, ask him about it, pray about it, let him guide you into truth, all right? I am not about going to push this on anyone. I'm not even going to say I know that I'm right, okay? That's just not me. And I know there are things that I believed were in the word years ago that now I believe the Holy Spirit has opened my eyes to see a different interpretation. I don't know if that's the right word, but God continues to lead us in truth, right? He continues to bring truth into our lives. That's how we grow and mature. And so this may be just one of those areas where God wants to lead you into truth. If this is an area, it's like, this is just, I don't even want to go there, then that's okay. You don't have to. One thing that I become aware of with every passing year, more and more, is how much I do not understand about God. Even having the Bible to read and to study his vastness, his majesty, his glory, his love is so beyond what I can comprehend or wrap my head around. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, that we see in part, and we know in part, we cannot see the full picture because what we see here on this earth is like looking through a dark glass. And yes, I know we have the word to teach and guide us, but like I said, there's not one single person here on this earth who does not have blind spots and wrong beliefs in some areas of their lives. Not a single one of us knows all truth, but we are constantly being taught by the Holy Spirit who lives inside us having our eyes open to more light and more truth, which continues to set us free from false beliefs. The truth sets us free. And Jesus is truth. He is truth. Have I had a sense that Becca's spirit is around at some point? I haven't. But I have had twice when I fully believe I was taken into heaven with her. Twice, as I was in his presence, God gave me a vision, allowing my spirit to join her, before his throne in the heavenly city. Was I really there? Do I really know? I mean, even Paul said, was it real? Was it a dream? Well, I don't know. And I guess that's my same answer. Was I really there? I don't know. All I can tell you is what I saw. So in answer to the question, can the spirits of our children come to us? I do believe that it is possible that our children's spirit can come 
and be with us at times for a specific person, and I do believe there is scripture to back that. I just want to remind you right now that you can sponsor an episode in memory of your child. You can pick which week you want to sponsor based on a special date, and you can write what you want others to know about your child, which I will read to our listeners. It's only $50 to sponsor an episode, and it helps us to keep going as a ministry and to keep this podcast going. To find out more or to select a specific date to sponsor a podcast episode, go to the GPS Hope website, gpshope.org, find the Donate tab at the top, and click on the Sponsor a Podcast Episode tab. And I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. I would love to be able to share your child with the listeners on a special day for you. And speaking of special days, let's go on to the birthday segment. Sarah Jordan was born on December 11th and is forever 42. D.W. Grubbs was born on December 12th and is forever 27. Tanner Allen Harris was born on December 13th and is forever 20. Cameron Paddock was born on December 14th and is forever 22. David Paul French was born on December 16th and is forever 52. Brian was born on December 17th and is forever 26. We celebrate the day these children came into the world and into the lives of these families. It will always, always be a special day. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill up that form, including the pronunciation, if one of the names is sometimes mispronounced, because I want to make sure I say your child's name correctly, and just submit that. Dave will also send you an email the week your child's birthday is announced to remind you to listen and to hear it. I know today was a topic that may have stirred up some pretty strong feelings and thoughts in many of you, and I would love to hear from you on this subject. And let me just say, if you don't agree, and maybe you feel like I'm leading people into deception, please share that in a loving and respectful way, because anything harsh and judgmental will not be approved to be posted. It's not that I, you know, I want to just make sure that I'm right and I only want comments that agree with me. That's not the case. But I will not allow harsh things to be said and, you know, just that real judgmental thing that, unfortunately, the Christian world is known for being very judgmental. So if you don't agree, let me know. If you agree, let me know (laughs) either way. And next week, we're going to stick to this topic again. Today, I wanted to lay the groundwork, kind of the theological, biblical groundwork for my conversation next week with my guest, Nancy Weil. She has a lot to share on this, and we've already had our conversation. It was great. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. So I hope you join me next week for my talk with Nancy. And as always, I'm sure our children would agree with me here to hold on. Pain eases. There is 